wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. It's always a joy to come along here and just to worship with you. The welcome I get is just second to none. Your hospitality also is second to none. Let me greet all the leaders of this great house in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. My dear beautiful wife, God bless you as well that you're here. Man of God, Pastor David, it's always a pleasure to be here and to speak and hopefully bring a blessing to this ministry. As you were saying already that I, I do believe that the man of God is watching at this moment. And so maybe a word of consolation. When my father died about 30 years ago, and I was a young fletchling in ministry at the time. And it was very different because no one that close had ever died to me. It was my first funeral that I had to, I felt I needed to do that. I took the funeral. It was just an amazing moment. I can remember it visibly, although it's been 30 years ago. But as I took the funeral, and as soon as the funeral was finished, the ministry started demanding certain things from me back into church again. And it wasn't that I realized that I was robbed of grieving for my, my father. And I'm not blaming ministry, but I think it was just the way they operated. And so therefore, what should we do? And so I was just back and was robbed of my grieving. And to the point where I didn't realize that I traveled to America and a minister, and there was this dear lady in their counseling session. She looked at me and she said, you haven't grieved, have you? This was at least two years after I'd buried my father. And I just peered into her eyes. And she said, you haven't grieved. She didn't know me. But she was the counselor for the ministry. And it was as if she took me out of myself and began to speak into my life. And I was able just to let go certain things that because of a man of God, always been in the overdrive of ministry. You just got onto it, bury your dad, just move on. And I learned a very important lesson there. And my mother died eight years ago, almost nine years ago. And it was my duty that I should have taken, I should take my mother's funeral. And when I did that, I, it was amazing to see how many people also came to the Lord as I stood right beside her grave. It's as if she pulled a lot of people and there I stood and I said, this time I won't be robbed of my grieving. I won't be. And I took off my pictorial cross and I took off my ring and spoke to the people and said, I will be out of ministry for at least four to six months just to reflect on the greatest loss of ever my strong DNA out of my life. And it was good that I was able to teach a church to understand that as far as I'm concerning, grieving affects everybody. No matter how deep you are in ministry. It was just great to see the ministry observing that and understanding the importance of grieving. So, 
What you're doing, sir, is the right thing, taking time out. Although we don't wear capes, we still treat it as superheroes. But we still need to reflect and take it easy. And I pray at this moment that you are on your journey of, re of a reflective moment of a great loss. I see her smile now every time when I come here. It's always a wonderful welcome with Mother Malcolm. So she's, I was just about to say in a better place, but you know, sometimes when I used to hear that, the better place was with me. You know, people always say, oh, she's in a better place, but I want to see her. I want to ring her. I want to hear her call my name. But we understand that although we're in life, we're in death. But what that blessed hope is that one sweet and blissful day, it will be a unite like nothing before. So be encouraged, grieve, reflect, take time out. Father, we thank you for the life of our bishop. We thank you, Father, for the great things that you're going to continue to do in his life. Even as he takes time out, Lord, you wept when your great friend Lazarus died. You wept. But thank you, Father, for the blessed hope of that resurrection. Lord, let it be even more poignant, more important than ever before in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, I, I, I want to Thank you again. You can keep that going, um, Brother Nicky, that's great. I don't want to do cartwheels. As you know, um, I had my big celebration yesterday. I arrived to the sixth floor. Looks good from there. Good. We parted. We had a great time yesterday. It was really good, didn't we, love? It was good, isn't it? It's just good to know that, you know, when you've got good fellowship, good church, they have your heart and... Um, we were just able to be some great things, you know. It's really, you should have seen your brother-in-law rapping last night. It was amazing. It was just a brilliant time, and I thank God that God has spared my life to see 60. And um, I don't know what 60 looked like anyway, to be honest with you. But all those years I've been in the house of the Lord, and I thank God for that. Let's get to the word, shall we? I want to talk at this level. I don't want to shout. I want to open your spirit, and I'm so blessed that this happened to be your prayer and fasting month. You just finished, yeah? And that's great. How, how was it for everybody? So come on, tell the truth. <laughs> we got one person that actually, um, um, they fasted, and they just got rid of all. It was hard, huh? Let's see it. Tell the truth, don't shame the devil. True. It's, it's tough. I had one person who fasted, no TV on. The 21 days. We finished 21 days on Friday. We've got some beautiful testimony. We've got one lady who um, moved into a flat, number seven, number seven, um, flat um, 7B, number 49. Seven sevens are 49, that's right, flat seven. And where it was, it's in Beulah Hill. And she's been talking to God about getting married. And when you look at the word Beulah, it means married woman. Marvelous testimonies of how the church has been disciplined in fasting and seeking God's will for their lives. And we've been teaching the whole idea about the whole importance of fasting and praying. But the Lord dropped into my, into my spirit something really special. I've been teaching the ministry. And I'm, I, I, I'm sure I'm in the same vein right now. I know I'm 
limited with time, but um, on the essence of prayer. You know, there's a film that starred Tom Hanks called The Da Vinci Code. Now, don't get too deep in me here. Well, if you know the, the bottom line, really, it's really finding out there's a hidden code and the Catholics hold it to talk about the life of Jesus, something that's been hidden that made his life so unique. But I'm not going to go any further with that, but you've heard the Da Vinci Code. But that's really what it's all about. But God dropped something into my spirit that I've been sharing with the ministry. And from that, it's opened up a repertoire of thought patterns. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you, please, I'm going to ask for 12 men to come down here. Just 12. 12 men. Number 13, you will have to go back. I just want 12. Make sure we got 12. Who is 12? There's something that fascinates me, which is in a sense like a very much of, of a code in scripture. And we're going to unravel it today, okay? I'm not shouting, I want to talk to your hearts. And as you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. And he loved them. You're doing well, man. Just follow me. That's all I want you to do. Watch me. Learn of me. Pray. Greater things I'm doing, you're going to do it too. I won't be here forever. So I'm depending upon you. You know I love you. Man, just trust me. We're going to make it. And as he gave the encouragement, he would disappear. He'll disappear. And they would chat among themselves. Chat among yourselves. <laughs> and then he would come back. Watch this. I'm coming. And one would say, every time he goes away and come back to us, the deaf here the lame walk. My God, the blind sees. Could, could, could you be brave enough to ask him to teach us how to pray? The Bible doesn't tell us which of the disciples, but they nominate and says, Come, when he comes back this time, ask him. Please understand as I wrap this up. Every one of them were Jews. Jews were well educated and versed in praying. The Zitra, and that's why it's a form of praying morning, noon, and night. As a Jewish person, that was what you did. 
Zitra, you, you read it yourself. And if you go to the Wailing War, which I have a, the, the privilege of numerous times to go, you will see the Jews that would do this. Have anybody been to Israel? And so they were versed in praying. You watched. And then we think about what are they doing when they're doing this at the wall? In fact, what they're actually doing is emanating the glory of God. And they actually burning a flame, just like you would see when you light a candle and it flickers. So the Jewish guys, they had no question that they were versed in praying. They knew how to pray. It was built within them as Jewish young men. But there was something different that one of the disciples braved it enough to say, <clears throat> Jesus, I see a lot of things you're doing, and I don't know. Could you teach us how to pray? Thank you, disciples. You ready for this? I'm not shouting, taking my time. Could you just put the scripture up there? It won't be long. But I'm going to open your eyes into a hidden code that makes this famous prayer. accept any distraction at this moment because what I'm about to give to you is going to blow your heads off. Why was Jesus effective when he went and he laid hands? Why is it always that he ran off to his father to the point in the garden of Gethsemane where he said, God, if it's To the point that he would go to the next side and just be on his own, communicating with his father. And then coming back and turning the world upside down. Listen to me carefully. I don't know why is it. Maybe we always think that the first of the month we go into prayer and fasting. And for the rest of the year we don't call it again. If you want to see a church on fire, and it reminds me of a minister, and I'm coming, you've got to hear this. A minister that brought a young pastor with him into his church, and as he opened the door, he could see 10,000 people worshiping and praising God. What a sight! The young understudy minister looked at the minister and said to himself, My God, this is awesome! 10,000 people praising God at this level. It's amazing. He said, Rev, I'd love a church like this. What, what, what did it take to get a ministry where 10,000 people worshipping? He said, follow me. Followed him right down to the basement of the church. Opened the door and another 5,000 people were on their neology. Just praying. 
praying. No hidden agenda for the success of the church. I'm here to remind every church in Christendom. Prayer will change things. Pray in and out of season. When there's no special reason. When things get in my way. All I need to get on my knees and pray. And so the disciples, I'm, I, I've caught your uh, imagination here. They saw every time he went away praying, he came back doing signs and wonders. And all these young Jews who knew and were versed in praying knew that they were missing it. Missing it. He said, Rabbi, teach us how. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Look at somebody and point them. It's not rude. Point to them and say, pray like this. When God gave me this, boy, I was shocked. Pray like this. Many people in here at this moment, I may ask you, who taught you to pray? Oh, my grandmother. And if it's a West Indian grandmother, then, then draw me one side and say, I must send me half father prayer. Or we copied somebody else's prayer. And then we formed our own basis of our prayer. Let's face the facts. Look at somebody and say, face the facts. Who taught you to pray? Was it mom? Who, who remember those early morning devotions? Every Sunday morning, matter in your eye like this, isn't it? They would wake you up and say, come in the room and pray. And you're so tired. Bless the name of the Lord for those people. My mom and my dad did it. But the question I ask you, who taught you to pray? So the disciple, we don't know which one, had the consciousness to say, we need some results. We're Jews and we've been taught how to pray, but it seems we're missing the mark. Teach us how to pray. And so he went to the code of all, the mothers of all prayers. He said, pray like this. Say it again. That's what the Bible says. So the question is, how are you praying? From today, you're not allowed to live in ignorance. You're not. Because I'm going to make sure you understand what God was telling us. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us. Not into temptation. But deliver us. From evil. Amen. Ready. Ready. You ready? Told you I'm not going to shout. Let's open the code. Of the hidden mystery.
that allows our prayers to get results. There are six steps that's taught in this prayer. And I want to just go through those with you very quickly. I'm not preaching. I'm just going to teach you. You're just coming out of your, your fasting. Most important thing is the way we address God. God's rightful place as Father. As a young, young man, when my mom and my dad, my mom and dad in their, in their bedroom, as a West Indian, and I want to go to my, I could never barge in. They're mad. <laughs> They're mad. Just because I have a relationship with mom and dad doesn't give me the right to barge into the room. I realize who are, who's in there. Doesn't matter what's going on in there. That's mom and dad's room. I now have to understand and reverence who's in that room. Some of us, when we come to God, we believe we just barge in. God, you know the bailiffs are on us. God, you know things are going wrong in my life. I need an answer. God said, did you even respect my presence? When Moses came, where God was giving him the greatest um, assignment, he said, hey, before I converse with you, remember, take off your shoes, because where you're standing, let's get the hollow. Let's get to understand that is a reverence before you come before my prayer. Oh, I feel God, and I didn't want to preach this way, because I I want you to realize, he says, our Father, hallowed, Hiramashantaramasita. Many of us will barge into the presence of God. That's why you have the outer, inner, and the holies of holies. You know the story. If they went in thinking they were the high priest and life was not right, bells would have to pull them out. How many of us? are going into the presence of God, not hallowing his name. Not realizing before I get what I need from him, you come in a state of hallowing his name. So we need to address God's rightful place as father. So you, when we say pray, we dress him as father first and foremost. We've all been there. We really want something from mommy and daddy. We go up there and we rub them cheese. Mommy, all right? You want me to make you a cup of tea? We sweeten them up. And from the sweeting up, then we move. They say, yeah. He's our heavenly father. Many of us need to say, God, teach us how to pray. He says, many of you have missed the mark. You've barged into my presence. I don't know what you've been doing. I do know what you've been doing last week. But yet still, you're still demanding of me. Next stage is, we make sure we worship him. Worship and praise God for who he is. And for what he's done. We praise his name. We hallow him. He's the King of kings and the Lords of lords. Teach us how to pray. Once we have aroused his spirit, 
Then we move into an era of shabaking God, loving on him, worshiping him, to bring him to the next level where even we begin to get cleansed. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm, I'm opening up something. I haven't even started that. So we address him. We worship him. We acknowledge him of who he is. Oh, my God. Then once we've acknowledged him, we are able now to ask him for whatever it is that we need, not what we want. There are things that we want, and if we got it, it would kill us. Once we ask him for these things, we need to move into a position of confession. Look at somebody and say, teach me how to pray. Once you've confessed the things that are not right before him, then it gives us access to move into the position of petition and request. Hope you're with me still. Deep? You ready for this now? You've just come out of a time of prayer and fasting. I do believe that our ministry called the Acts Christian Church wasn't just made that name, Acts, for the sake of Acts. Now, this is where you want your notes. The step of prayer from the book of Acts, the A. Everybody shouts out A. A represents where we come and adore him. So as we move into the position of prayer, A, we adore him. We tell him how beautiful he is. I am unraveling the code, A, adoration. Can I ask you right now, I know there's needs in here. This is where I'm drawing you in now. I want really where you're sitting right this moment teaching. I want us to begin to adore him now. I guarantee you, prayers are going to be answered in this place. Because Jesus said, if you're going to get anything, teach me how to pray. First and foremost, we must adore him. Father, we thank you. We place you at the highest place. We acknowledge you as King of kings and Lords of lords. Father, I need my prayers to be answered. I know I can't barge in before you, so therefore, I must adore you. Worship and adore your name, Father. I've got a pressing need that needs to be answered, Father. But as the disciple says, teach us how to pray. Father, you're teaching me in the code of the greatest prayer of all time. First and foremost, I need to hallow your name. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. I adore you, Father, because without you, I could not be healed. And so as we begin to adore his precious name, 
something begins to happen in the atmosphere. You're putting now yourself last. You're not putting yourself first. I wish somebody could understand what I'm trying to. Uh, this is what they were saying. He said, listen, if you're going to see things happen in your prayer life, uh, you need to know what the code is. You've asked me to teach me how to pray. This is how I get the lame to walk. This is how I get the deaf to hear when I've been with my father. Don't think these things just happen for the sake of happen. There is a process. Touch somebody. Tell them there is a process. For your prayers to be answered, there is a process. And so, as you come in, your first A is adoration. You begin to worship him. You begin to tell him how much and beautiful he is. He feels good because he's receiving. How many know that God doesn't count your prayers? He weighs them. Write that down. God does not count your... We've got people in the Bible that say, preach with highfalutin words, intellectual. And you know what? They say it in the streets. God said, go into the closet. Close your door. Because I'm going to reward you. God does not count your prayers. I know, Bishop, you know, like maybe praying for this thing and it don't come true yet. I'm here to tell somebody, because I'm teaching you how to pray, that God does not count your prayers. He weighs the sincerity of it, the gravity of it, the heart. He weighs them. Adoration. Thanksgiving. See. See. You wake up. Once we have adored him, then see confession. Bible says, lay your gifts at the altar. Many of us are praying, yet still we haven't spoken to Johnny Too Bad for three weeks. Many of us are carrying on our lives in such a way that God will answer my prayer. He says, if there's iniquity in your heart, he will never hear your prayer. And then you say to me, God, you know how long I've been praying? You know, Pastor, I've been praying. Sometimes there is a blockage that can stop you. You need to confess before him. That's it. When you come before God, you give him the praise. Then you need to confess. Yeah, I walked straight past Sister Patsy this morning. She hurt me three years ago. I'll never forget it. But God, you understand and you know. But yet still, as you go towards your breakthrough, you're buffeted back because you have not confessed. You've got to adore him. Once you've adored him, that's in the code. Then it moves you to the next level of confession. And confession can be difficult because there's certain revelation that's going to come to the surface that, you know, really, I don't want to go there. And sometimes many of our healings and our breakthroughs are held back because we fail to confess. Sometimes we'll see pastors and leadership come to the altar and kneel before the altah and always saying, I want them to know. 
I've got news for you. None of your business. Absolutely none. They've come to confess because they want to move to the next level. Teach us how to pray. The disciples loved him. But there were issues in their lives that they needed to know. This is why I go away and get the breakthrough and come back rejoicing. I'm going to be leaving this world very soon. And greater works you're going to have to do. But I feel there's a hindrance why you asked me to teach you to pray. You need to adore me. And as Jew, young Jew men, you may have been missing the mark of who you have been directing your prayers to. I am the king of kings, the lords of lords. You need to correct and make it direct to the father that I go away and pray. And then when you've done that, you need to confess. It's what's hindering your prayer. Once you have confessed, you can move to the next level. Thanksgiving. You feel in your spirit that, yeah, thank God I felt that low. There's many people that can really destroy a service when they come in with weights. Because sometimes they bring the weight into the ministry and really should bring the weight and lay it at the altar. Come on, somebody. That's what the Bible says. Whatever it is, bring it and lay it at the altar. But we bring and we worship with that weight. The Bible says, let the weight be set aside. Every weight. And run the race with patience. Could let me see some confession that needs to be happening in this house today. So once you've confessed and you move straight to base, which is thanksgiving. Can I have somebody here who want to thank God? Just bear with me. I'm almost done. Thanksgiving. You'll never be in a position to give God thanks until you confess. And as you thank God, God receives your gratefulness and your thanksgiving. And if I'm wrong, the Bible says there were ten lepers. Hello, someone. Do you understand ten lepers? I spoke it once. It's good to be clean. But it's better to be made whole. Look at somebody and say, it's good to be clean. But it's better to be made whole. Say it again. Good to be clean. But it's better to be made whole. And it's because that one leper gave thanks. When Jesus looked and he says, oh, hola. Well, I don't know why I'm talking. I don't think he spoke Patois. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but when he saw the lepers come back, he says, hey, what a fool. So, so yeah, that's Nigerian, sorry. He thought, I, where are the nine? But he said, because you have given thanks, I'm going to promote you. So he was clean. But now, I believe, he was promoted to the next level. He was made whole. That means if he was alone, he never had psychological scars that I was a leper and a cast out and I had issues. I believe that even if he lost an eye because of leprosy, all of a sudden the eye came back. That's what I believe. 
I believe even if he had soiled and they were clean and I've seen leprosy, all of a sudden I see the fingers start moving up. If he walked with a limp because of leprosy, I, I, I feel in my spirit because he came back and gave, he was standing up straight now. On the premise that he gave thanks. Some of us are holding ourselves back because we fail to give thanks. So adoration, this is the code that we're losing. In the code of the, our Father, which is the mother of prayers, is first and foremost, give him adoration. Confess. Give thanks. And then God leads us to the S. Supplication. We pray for what we need, not what we want. I'm here to tell you that Jesus wanted to release this code to the disciples because and you know, just reading this isn't releasing the code. It needs to be broken down the way I have to show you in this code, you conduct your prayers in this fashion because he said, pray like this. That's what Jesus said. You will see doors open to you like never before. I truly believe it. None of you can be ignorant of the fact today but the disciples needed to know how to get to the next level. And I'm telling you right now, praying is the master key. Let's close up. The principal wants to close up now. And now I want to look at the students. I haven't preached loud. I'll just preach on the left. Hey! Wake up, students. Hey! See! Hundred lines for you. See! T! S! simple. Not really a complicated matter, you know. And so people think that knowing the word has to be high polluting. I've, never, I've not departed from my mouth any Greek words to you. Uh, one and two patois and one ibu. <laughs> but do you see what I'm trying to do? I'm making it simple for us to have a, an effective life. disciples see Jesus doing some remarkable things knew they were missing the mark and one mustered up courage and said Jesus would you teach us how to pray he said yes I will pray 
like this. Question marks is, how are you praying? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be effective. Teach us to adore you. Teach us to not be ashamed to confess. And Father, give us a thankful heart. And now, Father, I'm ready to lay my supplications before you and see my life go from hero, from zero to hero. We ask you that you bless this ministry as they have just come out of their 21 days of fasting and praying. We pray that as you've taught your disciples and as a modern day disciple have teach and taught this ministry how to pray. I love you, Ike. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www iCanCommunityChurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.